welcome back to the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Edwin Porras, Doctor of Physical Therapy and Medical Analyst at FantasyPoints.com. Thanks again for tuning in. Gracias por tus oídos. Today we have a very creative, intelligent, and young injury analyst on the scene. We have Mark Aguilar. He is no relation to Nelson Aguilar, at least I don't think so. He is at MarkTheDPT on Twitter. He is super good follow gives good nice in-depth nba analysis especially right now as the nba is heating up we're going to talk about nba first then we're going to hit on some a couple nfl guys you're going to get to know mark a little better but mark first thank you for joining me man is this the first injury sort of fantasy football type podcast you've been on this is the very first and thanks for having me absolutely so what other types of podcasts have you done who are you where do you hail from <laughs> who is mark the the dpt on twitter who are you man Mark the DPT. I am Mark Aguilar. I am from Houston, Texas, 28 years old, very fresh PT, just graduated recently. I work. Let, let me back up. Let me back up. I'm sorry. You are Dr. Mark Aguilar. Correct. I gave your Twitter handle. You are Dr. Mark Aguilar, doctor of physical therapy. That was my bad. I'm a bad host. Continue. Yeah. I mean, to your credit, it it's kind of implied in the name, right? DPT is doctor of physical therapy, but uh, yeah, Dr. Mark Aguilar. Uh, from Houston, Texas, just graduated last year. Very fresh PT. I work outpatient ortho. Um, big, big into Houston sports here. Been into sports like my whole life. Uh, big Rockets fan when they're doing good. <laughs> no, but oh, <laughs> I was going to say, man. <laughs> always, always Rockets fan. I'm not a Fairweather fan. Uh, Texans. I, I try to follow mainly basketball, football. Uh, Rooting for the Astros on the side here, too. Um, yeah, um, just trying to bring my own energy and my own spin and take on on things. And uh, what is your own spin? What's your energy? What flavor are you? Tell me about it. My flavor is I want to see the best in really every player. I want to give like a perspective of the athlete more so player based as opposed to how can this person benefit the team? It's more of how is this person's mental? How is this person doing physically, mentally, emotionally? How is the player doing? And what are they going to do on this team? What are they going to do in their career? What are they going to do with themselves moving forward, period? So player-focused, that's that's you know that is no oh, yeah player advocate exactly that's what being a pt is all about right you're more so uh it's all about the patient so absolutely and i think you bring up, bring up a good point is that oftentimes especially in pro sports people just dehumanize these guys and they're they're humans right they're humans they're people with lives they're people with uh different interests i saw a tweet just today that a lot of nfl players don't love being football players like they have other interests they like it but it's a job for them but oftentimes we minimize it to this financial dollar, especially the NFL, who's so greedy. Uh, oftentimes we get we get upset. Well, not we. I mean, I personally don't. When players hold out, for example, like a running back will hold out, and t- people will just go after the the running back for holding out. And it's like, well, they themselves in the NFL have created a market to where they players feel the need to hold out. And when their contracts come out with their numbers, you know. The, the go-to is they get paid millions of dollars to show up to work. Yeah, well, what if somebody, Bob the Plumber, put out your your salary, right? Like, that's weird. It's weird. It's weird that we know how much these players get paid, and yet we have no idea 
how much money the owners are making every year. We just assume in good faith, which we shouldn't, that they're paying the players in good faith. And they're oftentimes probably not. So I'm very much on your side when it comes to player advocates. But I want to back up a little. Tell me more about what is your relationship with Houston? Did you grow up in Houston? Where did you go to physical therapy school? Like, why Houston? Right. uh, I was born and raised in Houston, Texas. I'm first generation, so my parents were from Nigeria. But I was born here, stayed here my whole life um, until I went to school in El Paso, Texas. Which is west side of Texas for anyone who's not familiar. That little tip on the far. You see a lot of my cousins over there, Mark. Uh, a lot of my Mexican cousins. I I wouldn't know. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I went to school there for three years at uh, University of Texas at El Paso. So, um, I spent there. I was there officially for like maybe two and a half years in El Paso before I uh, did clinicals in other cities, but. Yeah, that's that's where I hail or have hailed. So what? Why? Why El Paso? And how far is that drive, by the way? Or are you flying? Uh, I am definitely driving every single time. So the point where driving doesn't even really phase me anymore. <laughs> I have to get used to it. But um, yeah, it's about eleven, eleven, ten and a half, eleven. Oh my gosh! Yeah, are not, you serious? It's not for the faint of heart at all. Um, is that a one-day drive for you it's a one-day drive um if but you know if there was a time i drove from la to houston and el paso was the resting spot so that that involved two days but this is like you know you just kind of have to straight shot it you have to be a little strong and kind of suck it up because otherwise it'll take a lot longer to go to and fro and i just sucked it up and dealt with it for two three years and yeah Oof. came out with a degree brutal so. right 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 gotta get that doctor one way or the other how often did you go home um initially i was trying to go home every holiday but then it you know things got a little tougher so i had to skip certain holidays like thanksgiving or um i really only went back during christmas break yeah so so when did you start pt school we might have we i think we graduated together in the same year Yes, I started 17 and finished 20. Okay, yeah, I did too, I did too. And now you're doing ortho? Are you outpatient? Yeah, outpatient ortho, correct. Nice, nice, nice. That's a good way, that's a good place to start, mainly because that's what I'm doing. I love outpatient ortho. What other interests do you have before we get into these players, Mark? What are you, other than NBA sports, come on, you gotta have something, right? Are you like a pottery guy? Are you a photography (laughs) guy? Are you a shoe guy? Like, what are your other hobbies? Other hobbies, I love i mean i do i am kind of a sneaker guy i do like sneakers um quite a bit i i wouldn't say i'm like a collector because that involves money and um i still have loans and i have a lot of loans for a reason so i'll leave it at that <laughs> um yeah, i like gaming really. a lot i'm a big gamer i've owned what do you play i've owned so many different systems uh you have like a gamer tag is that still a thing i don't game so i have no idea yeah I, i'm on a playstation uh Silver marks with the underscore. If anyone's out there and wants to, there you go. Hop on Warzone, big Warzone guy. Um, Do you ever play 2K or, or Madden? I, I'm not so honestly. I'm not really too big on sports gaming. Um, I, mm-hmm. I do have a few games here and there, but I'm not one of those people who get it every year. Um, yeah, don't expect me to. Um, as soon as you pull out 2K, to be able to put up <laughs> any type of contest. <laughs> Right. Speaking of NBA, not necessarily 2K, 
let's hit on some of these players, man, because you gave some injury analysis for uh, Anthony Davis to begin with. We know he's got coming off the Achilles tendinosis, but what does that mean? Like, why was it that they tried to play him? Things got worse. Like, what is the injury? What should we expect from him? Why is he suffering this injury? So give us the breakdown here. What can we expect from him moving forward? So um, in addition to being player focused, I do like to break things down and take things from, you know, one step at a time, start from the beginning, just move forward. So with each of these people, I will be talking about the initial injury, um, timeline, uh, the amount of time it's been, and just looking at things from all angles. So with Anthony Davis, obviously, you know, he plays on the Lakers, power forward center. Um, he had a right calf sprain, and this was back in February of 14th, so that's Valentine's Day. Since then, it's been four weeks. Um, we were a little, a little afraid of what exactly, um, like, the damage that was done with the injury. So that's kind of where we are right now. We're trying to play it safe. He's, he has a tendinosis slash right calf strain. Um, so they've been trying to examine him every few weeks and see where he's at obviously trying to pl pr play it cautious because we're, we're dealing with the Achilles area the calf area and we all know with an Achilles rupture um, not saying that that's what would end up happening but if it were to progress to that it is for some people career ending so Anthony Davis is a very instrumental part of the Lakers we want him to be healthy we want him to be there to make the playoff push playoff start mid-April um, you don't want to rush him back when they don't necessarily need to have him back. The Lakers are fairly deep. They do have people to um, support his absence. So trying to play it safe. He Right now, uh, I think by through Yahoo Sports, they said he would be out for uh, the next three weeks. And, um, yeah, that's that's where we are at with that. So it seems like it's a touch and go situation. Would you agree with that when it comes to these Achilles tendinoses? Agreed. Why is that? What is it? Like the swelling? Is it the pain? Like why do these take so long to heal? So, I mean, a tendinosis, it's with him, he's he's he, he's playing on the injured um, tendon constantly. There's not really enough of a recovery period, enough of a rest period for him to get back to it and then like progress tendinosis he's playing night in night out um it's it's going to be touch and go he, he it's the the tendon is uh it you know tendinosis is really like small tears on the tendon and osis implies that it's chronic it, it's been there for some time um you need you need to allow the tendon enough time to heal and um, you're trying to rehab it and at the same time um, make sure that it doesn't get damaged further. So try to, that's where this, this on and off, like, okay, two weeks, four weeks, two weeks, four weeks. Um, the two to four weeks initially was like, okay, let's, let's give him some time to relax and see where he's at. Okay. And then there's, they're still doing like light drills and whatnot. Is he ready to go? Is it beneficial for him to come back versus do we really absolutely need him? Uh, mm -mm. If there's that uncertainty, it's probably better to just keep him out. So so I wasn't going to do uh, LeBron right after this, but it just makes sense to transition specifically just a little bit ago. 
uh, 30, 45 minutes ago well, before we recorded, uh, LeBron turned his ankle. To me, it looked like a high ankle sprain. Um, I think you agree unless you have a different viewpoint of that. But what can we expect? I know in the NFL, you see typically between two to four weeks, depending on the severity. Um, but what did you see with the LeBron injury? And what do you expect the Lakers to do at this point now that AD is still out? Now LeBron has his ankle sprain. What do you think is going to happen there? Yeah, it it's pretty uh, bad timing, actually. It's pretty interesting to see what things or how things will progress. Uh, they may actually try to rush AD back sooner because um, they do want to have a good place in the playoffs, of course. Um, LeBron and AD, that's the one-two punch of the Lakers. Um, but, yeah, LeBron saw not too long ago he suffered um, what looks like a high ankle sprain, eversion sprain of his right ankle. Um, obviously, we don't know exactly the extent of the damage. Um, doesn't look like we're... We're like in a grade three range or anything. Um, just strictly going off the injury. We don't know what the team has said or you know what they've looked at or what they've seen. Um, we could be in a grade one, grade two range. Um, with grade one, we're looking at maybe a couple weeks off. Uh, grade two is more like the four weeks end, four, six weeks. So right on the cusp of playoffs, this wasn't really the best time for this to happen. Uh, and compounding the situation with AD doesn't really uh, bode very well for the Lakers. So we'll see how things play out. Hopefully this isn't too bad of a situation. Hopefully it's something where he can just be off for a few games, uh, just play cautious and then come back. Uh, but we won't really know um, until you know, they do like an MRI of that, um, that ankle to see the extent of the damage. Right, right. So we need to know the extent of the damage. We need to know exactly how bad it is, where the Lakers are viewing their own position in the West. I haven't looked exactly where they are in the standings um, before they make any decision on LeBron, right? So got to get that swelling down with those high ankle sprains. And then I'm I'm just not very bright, Mark, so you're going to have to excuse me. I realized after I, we started talking <laughs> that you're, we were talking about um, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Jared Dudley. And for some reason, I decided to start with AD and then skip to... Uh, skip LeBron and Dudley and go to Embiid, but we'll just wrap up the Lakers talk here uh, with with Jared Dudley. Tell me a little bit about Jared Dudley. That was my fault too. I completely forgot he was even on the Lakers. But um, yeah, just check now. Uh, Lakers are number two currently in the West, uh, so pretty good position. But as you know, things are very very tight and close in the West, so don't really want to lose playoff positioning. Uh, but hopping over to Jared Dudley, he is also on the Lakers. 14 seasons in the league, so veteran here. Um, he tore his right MCL back last week on Sunday, and uh, he decided not to do surgery. Uh, his stance was that, um, you know, with torn MCLs, you don't necessarily need to have surgery. So for him, he doesn't want to do it. He is, He wants to rehab it and then give his body, quote unquote, three to four weeks and then reassess in those three or four weeks. So he's just opting for uh, non-operative treatment, conservative treatment. Uh, for him, the timetable is unclear, but um, for non-operative ACL, MCL, I don't know if I've been saying ACL, sorry, MCL, MCL rehab, it can take three to four months to rebound from. Uh, Oof, obviously, that's a long time, huh? Yeah, just going off of how things are currently done, previous research. Uh, looking at three or four weeks, 
start off with the early immobilization period and then, you know, start incorporating, you know, more light rehab and try to progress them to uh, the point where they can go back to full play. Um, so who of these three guys, three Lakers, LeBron, AD, and Dudley, Dudley is sort of less of a factor, but we'll throw them in there. Um, who are you the most concerned about? What is the most concerning injury and why? From what I know, I would say AD is probably my biggest concern. Um, Jared Dudley, I don't know off, off the top of my head how many like minutes he averages each game. Um, what I, I and I also don't, you know, guilty a little bit. I don't watch the Lakers every single night, so I don't know how much of you know. How much how dare you? How dare you not watch the Lakers every single night on the West Coast? I, I try, I try, but it's you know I don't I don't really watch uh, I don't catch every Rockets game either. So you know if that's if my thirteen I don't catch them, then it's going to be kind of hard for the Lakers uh, to find some space in my life too. But um, but yeah, I was CD top and followed by LeBron and then Jared Dudley. Jared Dudley obviously is going to be out for longer, but again, in in terms of where the team is and you know where what all they need and who all functions on there um eight is more of a concern especially since they didn't rush him back they're still we're still in this kind of iffy period iffy place where we don't want to go too too hard too fast um lebron we don't really know this literally just happened like a couple hours ago from the time <laughs> we were talking uh right now so Hard to really get a good grasp on that. We'll find out in the next couple of days, next day or two, what's going to happen with him. Um, hopefully, it's not anything serious. LeBron ha- is a bit of a cyborg. Uh, the way he trains and how his body set up, he doesn't really get hurt like ever. Um, hopefully, this is that same situation where you know it kind of looks like this could be bad, and then nothing really happens. So, um, LeBron is absolutely going to be needed down the stretch. So. Um, hopefully these guys all rebound as fast as possible. LeBron James, man, is a cyborg. There's no other way to put it. He is in season 18. I can't even believe that. It's hard to say. I, 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 it's And the, the numbers he's still putting up are what just boggle my mind. The greatest athlete we've ever seen. A lot of people want to say Tom Brady, in my opinion. This is getting off a little bit of a tangent. But look at the numbers, the advanced analytics on Tom Brady. He was very average, if not slightly above average. And he has been for the last couple of years. LeBron James has been great. LeBron James is still in the MVP discussion at age 30. What is he now? 35? 36? I, so. I don't even know. What he... And so you can't even compare. That's not even a comparison. So when you, we talk about straight up strict best athletes we've ever seen, cyborgs we've ever seen. Yeah, sure. Tom Brady's up there. But I think that LeBron's light years ahead of him. I don't know. I don't know if you have an opinion on that. That's sort of an impromptu opinion I just gave. It's actually 36. I just looked it up. Um, Good Lord. Yeah. That's insane. Still putting up numbers anyway, of someone 10 years younger. So, Yeah, it's, it's, it's insanity. It's absolutely insanity. Uh, but we can, we can move on. So basically, oh, and of course, we want to talk about Embiid. If we can't move on, let's go to, let's go to the East now. right? So if anybody's going to put up any fight um, other than the Nets, potentially, 
to the Lakers who are, you know, things are, like you said, things are tight in the West, but if they get healthy, the Lakers are pretty close to a shoe in to get to the, the, the NBA finals again. But if anybody's going to put up a fight to the Nets, it's going to be the Sixers, right? At least it would be if Embiid is healthy, but he's not. What happened to Joel Embiid? What can we expect moving forward? And what does this mean for the Sixers? So Joel Embiid, obviously we know, very instrumental part of the 76ers. He got hurt last week uh, on the 13th. Uh, He had what was a hyperextension of his left knee when he was going up for a dunk he landed and his knee bent backwards they called it a bone bruise of the left knee and you know from the video we saw he was able to walk on it after uh had an mri didn't show any structural damage to the left knee and they said he'd be out for two to three weeks um that's basically all we got he if if that's the time i'm that they want to stick with and he'll be back in time for the playoffs even though we're right on the cusp of cusp of it we're about like a month out so he'll be back in time for the playoff push um sixers are number one in the east top top three teams are pretty tight in the east so yeah i i should think that they want to have fairly good positioning like other teams um hopefully we can get them back in time to where it's not too much of a too much damage has, has been done to uh, their situation right now. Um, and just hopefully for Embiid, Embiid's sake, I know it's been trust the process for years with Embiid. Yeah, this is his fifth season in the league. Um, every time it feels like we're inching a little bit closer, a little bit closer to where we are in a good place. And this year, this year, we're in a very good position. Sixers, they, I, I, I want to say that they're fairly stacked. And Embiid finally has like, I I think some people even have him in in the MVP hunt right now. Um, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Embiid up until this injury, yeah, a lot of people do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Embiid Embiid is having a very very good year. Their team is in a very good situation. I think this is the year where they can really like trust the process. This is the process, and this is the result. Like maybe something can really happen here. Um, so I hope he is doing. Hopefully he rebounds and he is, you don't really even notice any like in his game. You tell us, what do you think? Is the injury going to impact him once he's back? Is it going to be something we should worry about long-term? A lot of people have injury concerns with him beat in the first place, but what do you, what is specifically, how do you think this injury will uh, play itself out when, when it comes to him in his performance? Um, it's hard to say. Um, I don't know if, we're we're dealing with more of like a structural issue with him like he um just the way his body set up he he isn't supported to where you know when he he lands on his legs his his ankle his, his knee wants to go back in that direction often but um i would say that this is something we can get through and it won't affect him too much um Obviously, when something like this happens, it's going to bring a lot more attention, like mentally and everything, to what that injured part does. Um, if hopefully he doesn't want to, like, uh, like lead with his right foot 
with different motions a lot more than he was doing before. And this kind of affects what direction he wants to drive to the basket or um, just completely throw him off. I don't think it will, but. Right. Yeah. So, so more like a confidence issue psychologically. You don't think this is something physical is going to follow him, right? Right. Is that, that what it sounds like? Right. Awesome. All right, man. So there's the NBA. What about two NFL guys we're going to move on to? But before we move on, I'll, I'll give you, do you have any closing comments on any of the NBA guys? Uh, no, just I hope uh, LeBron gets back as soon as possible because the league needs their king, <laughs> or at least the Lakers do, I should say. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. So let's start then in Dallas because you're there in Texas. What do you, what read do you get on Dak Prescott? What was his injury? What happened? Is it going to follow him into the 2021 season? Will he be back for week one? Give us the whole breakdown, man. Yeah. So Dak Prescott, good old Dak, uh, quarterback of the Cowboys. He had a right ankle injury, specifically a right um, compound fracture of his ankle uh, and dislocation. This was during week five. And um, he had his surgery in October to repair the fracture and replace the ankle. Then, um, this is actually something I didn't really realize until I started looking up because I don't, no shade, but I don't really go out looking for Cowboys uh, information. But, <laughs> but um, he had. Cousins from Impossible would be mad at you, man. Oh, well, I mean, that just is what it is. I can't do anything about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he had a second surgery um, that was, according to the according to the team and everyone involved, unrelated to the injury in October. And this what the injury, the surgery was to strengthen the, the deltoid ligament to clean out the ankle and to make it more structurally sound. And supposedly the second injury accelerated his overall recovery. So right now, he's he's walking without issue. He's doing weight-bearing exercises. Um, the team, Jerry Jones, everyone thinks that he will be ready well before the 2021 season gets underway um, and as early as spring practices. But some people kind of doubt just how soon he'll be back by and how ready he'll be. According to the team, they think he'll be like ready to go 100% by the time the season go- comes on. Um, however, um, just doing some research, um, a couple studies, one was an RCT and one was a, a case control. So not as high as evidence, but it showed that, or both showed that one year after an ankle fracture surgery, patients are generally doing well, um, with most experiencing like little or mild pain and few, few restrictions in functional activities. When it comes to like return to sports and everything, more male athletes do tend to return back um, anywhere from like six to 12 months out. And the best predictors of return to sport are at one year, are younger age, which Dak is 27, uh, being male, having no, having no or mild systemic disease, um, no di- not having any diabetes, and um, having an F- a less severe ankle fracture to begin with. So sounds like that kind of meets all those categories. Um, one year for him out would be October, 2021. 
which that's a little after the season starts. So, yeah, he he may be available for um, spring practices, all that stuff. He may be available when the season starts, but will he be 100%? Hard to say. I don't think so. Um, and I think that it wouldn't be in Dak's best interest to rush him back to full, you know, the same way he was before um, the injury even happened. Um, maybe Dallas wants to do that, but that's Dak's best interest moving forward. You know, he just he just signed a uh, new contract, so that got situated. That got um, that was kind of in turmoil for a little, for a little bit, but just signed a four year contract. Um, moving forward, we want to make sure Dak is squared away as healthy as possible. Um, so. Probably wouldn't be as so from a fantasy fresh back. From a fantasy football perspective, you think he's going to hit his his ceiling? You think he's a ceiling guy, like right away? It doesn't sound like 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 you think so. Hit his ceiling in what way? Do you think that Dak, once he starts, let's say he starts week one, we're going to see Dak of twenty twenty? Potentially. Sorry if I'm not asking the question very clearly. I guess what I'm saying is, it sounds like you're saying. I don't think Dak's going to hit his fantasy football ceiling because he's not going to be 100% healthy. Is that, that's basically my right, question. Right. Is that what you're saying? Agreed. Not initially. Okay. Right, right, right. No, I totally, I can totally get behind that. Another guy is we go stay in the NFC least and we move on to a running back for the New York Giants. His name is Saquon Barkley. You may have heard of him. Now, Saquon is a freak athlete. He's an elite athlete, generational talent on one of the worst teams who just got Kenny Galladay. Um, Evan Ingram's on that team. Sterling Shepard's not a slack either. Darius Slayton's not a slack. Danny Dimes is a slack. Now, they surrounded him with some of the best skill players they could find. But what should we expect from Saquon Barkley? What was his injury? What's going on? And is he a dude you're taking fantasy football as like your RB1? Okay, so Saquon Barkley, uh, running back, plays for the Giants. Uh, he's going to his fourth season. And last year, September 20th, specifically, was in week two. He suffered a right ACL tear. And we are coming up to about five months uh, post-surgery here. So he did got an ACL repair on October 30th. So there's a little bit of a gap there, but... Um, apparently that was intentional. So there was about a, if my math is right, about a 40 day delay between the injury and the surgery. Normally surgeries will happen like right away, but in this case they delayed it because they wanted to do some pre rehab. So, you know, try to strengthen the, the knee, um, before the procedure to help accelerate and improve rehabilitation and recovery post-surgery. Um, so a lot of studies show that doing some exercise, doing PT before surgery actually helps for long-term outcomes. Um, try to get some more range of motion, um, the joint prior to the procedure. And what the, de- what the delay ended up doing was it allowed the MCL to heal on its own. And it also helped the doctors repair his meniscus without needing to uh, have a more extensive procedure. Um, so ACLs, Typically, return to play is six to nine months. 
post-surgery, but recent research shows that being out on the further end of things is more beneficial. So leaning more towards nine months and beyond um, is better for um, to prevent re-injury, re-tear, re-tear rate, and uh, just overall better outcomes. So training camp is October 21st, 2021, uh, and that would be 10 months post-surgery. So it seems like he'll, he'll have like a little bit of span of time to start prepping and gearing up for the NFL season, uh, ramp up slowly, and then just start the season ready to go. Um, and just for clarity, you said uh, you said training camp is October 23rd. You, you, I'm assuming you meant uh, August. Is that right? Sorry, sorry. August, August. I didn't know. I August. That. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think that uh, – so you think he'll be back by then is what you're saying? Correct. What should we expect from this guy? I mean, he's a super freak. He's a mega athlete. He's generational talent. Do you think that he's going to hit his ceiling? He said himself that he will be better than he was before. And if that's the mentality he has, I think that he will be ready to go. I think he will, I don't think it'll even be a ceiling. I think he'll be like back where he left off. Um, big part of um, recovering from injury is that mental piece. So if you, if you are really that scared that something will go amiss and you're real cautious and real protective and you're not going to play as well. Um, if he has that mindset, that mentality of, okay, I'm going to come back better than I was before. Chances are he probably will. He has enough time to recover, to rehab. I don't think physically it's really going to be that much of an issue. He's young. He's barely 24 years old. Um, as you said, there's other pieces on the team to where he isn't taking on the full brunt of the offense. So my, my guess, I don't think they're really, he's not going to hit a ceiling. Brutal. You're really tearing me down here. I wanted to (laughs) draft him everywhere, but yeah, that's fair. No, I totally get it. So there's Dak, Saquon, a bunch of NBA guys. Is there anybody else you wanted to say something about anybody you wanted to touch on anything else you wanted to say before we get out of here? Um, I think there was, um, Odell, maybe just a little bit. We can touch on him. Yeah, just because he's uh, dealing with something similar. Obviously, he tore his ACL and kind of in this place where um, we haven't really seen his full potential um, realized, at least on the Browns. Um, He has, I I can't quite remember exactly when he got hurt, but I want to say it's from when the season is going to start, it would have been well over six months, well over nine months. Um, he, he's been going at it like very, very early on. He's constantly posting videos of his rehab and, um, you know, what he does to get better. I don't see, I think he can really come back and like be a force on the Browns really shine and perform the same way he hopefully used to when he was on the Giants. Um, I think, uh, the Browns are in a, a, a pretty good place now off with their offense and, um, it won't be too much of a, too much of an adjustment to have him back. So, um, I, I would like to see him do pretty well when he comes back. I don't think, I don't think the ACL will even be an issue by the time, uh, 
when next season starts. Um, it just has to get over. I, I I don't know exactly. It seems like there's just something something there like that may be holding him back, and it, it might just be with himself. Um, Mental block. Yeah, it, it might be with how uh, the Giants' situation turned out, and you know he didn't he didn't there were, there were certain things kind of out of his hands, and you know. But I feel like he just needs to make the best out of it, and uh, and I think he can. Absolutely, that's a good that's a good one to end on, man. Did you have anything else for the audience? Anything you wanted to share? Maybe uh, tell us. I do ask this to all my guests, and I'm going to ask you too before we get out of here. A little, little fun little question. What is an embarrassing story that happened to you? Something that you did or something that you said that you immediately regretted or you were like, oh, no, I can't believe I did that. You got to tell us one story, man. I know I didn't prep you for this, so I'll give you some time if you can't think of one. Oh, yikes. Trying to get me in trouble here. <laughs> um... <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be graphic now, Mark. I don't know how graphic your life is, man, but... If you can't think of one, um, I'll, I'll give you some time to think about it. Meanwhile, I will tell you some of the best stories. One of the stories, and you can think on it while I tell you the story. Um, the funniest story that I heard of um, comes from a guy who his name's Edwin, and he tweeted, this was last summer. So I didn't know, and this is like a sort of a, an, an, an aside that I talk about a lot because it was embarrassing for me. Um, but I just sat in it. I didn't delete it. Never delete. Hashtag never delete. I was, said something like Derek Carr would have no idea what it's like to, to throw to Devontae Adams. And of course, if you <laughs> know anything about either of those players, you know that they were teammates at Fresno State. Um, I tweeted at it and people, oh man, I got ratioed so hard when I did that. And I didn't even, I couldn't even help myself. I didn't do anything. I just said, yeah, I, I just sat in it. I took the insults. Um, I took all the memes. I got memed. And it was probably <laughs> one of the most embarrassing Twitter things that's ever happened to me. Are we all, oh, so we're just sticking on Twitter. Embarrassing. Anything. No, anything, man. Anything that you can think of. Yeah, I'm surprised I missed that. If not, we can move on. If not, we can move on. I'll, I'll give you an out. The time that you got the most drunk or your f- top five favorite desserts. Oh. Okay, let's talk about red velvet cake, Mark. I'm recording again, <laughs> just so you know. Tell me your top five desserts. You said red velvet. Anything else? Definitely chocolate cake. Um, birthday cakes would be good too. Okay. Oh, well, we're saying desserts, so not just cake. Uh, sure, sure. Are you? It sounds like you're a big cake guy, then. Yeah, cake is pretty good. Ch- chocolate chip cookies has always got to be. There. Where do you get your chocolate chip cookies from? What kind? Uh, uh anywhere. I I'm not picky <laughs> of a person, so. Anywhere you say. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, uh, what's that other thing? I want to. I know. I put you on the spot here. No, I like fun. Oreos. I like a good old-fashioned Oreo, too. Yeah. yeah, you can't go wrong with Oreos. For sure, for sure. Um, Anything else? I, I, want to ta- I want to hit on the embarrassing thing. I want to... Yeah, like, yeah, go ahead. Uh, it's just nothing's coming to mind. Uh... I, love, I love that you said, I want to hit on the embarrassing stuff, and you're like, actually, I can't think of anything. <laughs> You've never had one embarrassing moment ever. I just, I, I don't know, because you, you mentioned Twitter, and I keep thinking of Twitter, but I don't get ratioed. I don't think I've ever right. gotten ratioed before in my life. So, oh man, I got ratioed so hard that day. <laughs> it's not a good feeling, but like you just have to embrace it. That's what I did. I just retweeted everybody that would throw insults my way. Um. Uh, anyway, I have another one. Well, there, you, maybe this. There one. was one. Oh, thing. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, let's hear it. It was. It was like years ago. Um. It was a. Uh, on Twitter, um, actually, like Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick blocked me, but I think it was a misunderstanding. What? 
Yeah. No. Dude, this was like this was back when he was on uh San Francisco 49ers like years years ago. So the, it, it was kind of in a time where like athletes were actually and celebrities in general were actually kind of like on Twitter actively and actually like yeah, talking to people. Yeah. It seems like the golden ages like way way long time ago but or stone ages I should say. But yeah, like I think Kaepernick was kind of in like a blocking kind of mindset to where like people were kind of harassing him, bugging him a lot. And I was, I was like making jokes in the thread that he was kind of like voicing his frustration out on people, but it wasn't to him. It was to one of the trolls. So I was kind of going at the troll, but Kaepernick's like at was there. So I think he took it as like, I was going at him and then he blocked me. Oh, I was like, no. oh. what did you say? What did you say specifically? I don't know. I, I was I was giving the, the the troll, the person who was actually going at him, like, grief. I don't remember what I was saying, but I was just, like, you know, going in. And then Kaepernick is added along in the thread. So he thinks that I'm going at him with what I'm saying. So he's probably just blocked both of us. And I was like, oh, geez, that's not what I wanted to get out of that. <laughs> that's brutal. I can't say that I, I, I can actually, even though I feel bad about getting ratioed i am not blocked by colin kaepernick so looks like you turned out being on the wrong side of history there on that one mark (laughs) (laughs) all right man thanks again for coming on appreciate all your insight appreciate you being johnny on the spot yeah uh, thank you thanks for embarrassing stories yeah of course thank you for allowing me to join the esteemed panel of myself (laughs) and you and i don't think the esteemed panel (laughs) i don't think you give yourself enough credit you're very smart as well or um, in the same place, basically, and yeah, I I think uh, hope a lot of people tune in and uh, listen. Listen, I think they're... absolutely, man. I appreciate you saying that; it means a lot. Um, but we're just two dudes trying to get along in this fantasy football world, right? You're just starting, so I think it's t- it's it's good to to put you on because I think you deserve a little bit of a spotlight. So that's that. Make sure you follow him at Mark the DPT. Not the most creative mind in the world, but he's still a very <laughs> sharp, smart guy. Follow him on Twitter at the Mark DPT. Follow me on Twitter at FB Injury Doc. Thanks for listening.